Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey everyone, here's the deal. I was planning as usual to record an episode this week, but I threw out my back yesterday morning. I'm in Virginia visiting my nieces and... Well, I think what happened was when I first got here, I like impulsively picked up the seven-year-old and that kind of hurt my back. But yesterday morning, I like leaned down to pick up the toddler and fully threw my back out. It hurts really bad. (laughs) I'm in a lot of pain. I mean, I feel a little better today, thank God, but I just, I'm in pain. And when I'm in pain, it's just like too hard to record an episode. It's too hard to concentrate on Teen Mom. So I'm going to play this real world Las Vegas episode from my Patreon that I did with Troy I think in like May 2020 so if you're not on the Patreon you can have a listen if you want to hear more like this go to patreon.com slash Liz explains and I hope you all enjoy hi Troy hi so you know when I got commissioned to do a real world episode I was like I know exactly who I need to come speak to me. (laughs) Oh my God, I'm honored. Like, I, okay. First, I, as you all know, have been like greatly petitioning for all real world episodes to be put online. Road rules too. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, original road rules. And it really hurts my soul that I can't go back and rewatch all of the old ones. But for people that don't know, Real World Las Vegas is on Amazon. And it's the earliest season that's available on Amazon right now. And I actually think it is a good season for us to talk about because it is kind of a transitional season. I mean, not kind of, it is. Mm -hmm. It literally changed real world forever. It kind of becomes a completely different show after this. Um, But first, I want to just talk about real world. I want you to tell me the first real world season you remember watching and then maybe like your holy three seasons of real world. Whoa, okay. Um, one of the first seasons I think I remember watching as a kid, I want to say it was Kawaii. Yeah. Oh, by the way, for everybody listening, Troy and I are both 31 turning 32. Or did you just turn 32 or are you upcoming yeah. 32? Okay. But we're this, Troy and I are. I'll be 32 same, in a few weeks. Yeah. And I'll be 32 next month. So Troy and I are the same age. So Hawaii was Ruthie, right? Yes. Yeah, Hawaii was one of the first seasons I remember having, like, a really intense impact on me. Mm -hmm. Um, It was the first time I remember seeing somebody drunk, not on a, in a, uh, because Ruthie was an alcoholic, and I learned what that was through her, so it it just made, like, this really intense impact on me, is, like, literally exposing me to, like, in quotes, the real world. I was like, oh, like, when people drink, they don't just, like, hiccup and carry around like a jug you know like that was like a looney tunes idea of what it meant to drink alcohol yeah Um, that makes sense and that was a super formative season i would say like if i had to pick a top three oh my god that's really hard um i would say probably this would be in my top three for sure Mm -hmm. 100 percent. probably at least two um i really loved New Orleans. Don't even get me. <laughs> I could talk about New Orleans. <laughs> love New Orleans, and I loved. Um, I can't. It was, it was like Tanya and Anissa. Chicago. Season. What city were they in? Chicago. 
Chicago. I really love that. Love Chicago. Because Anissa also was one of the first, like, sexually fluid people I, I had ever seen. Anissa from Philadelphia, show. baby, like, oh whose who's birthday is September 11th. Never forget. Is it really? Yeah, Fuck. remember it's her birthday on the show on September 11th happened. <gasps> yeah. Oh, my God. Because they, like, yeah, I forgot about that. So I pulled up all the seasons or, like, 26 you know what I mean in order up until like 26 just so I would have like Mm -hmm. a good reference point for this so the Mm -hmm. first season I remember like really watching was real world real world Boston which is season number six now I didn't have and I think you're the same way I didn't really have any um control over or like I didn't have any rules when it came to what I watched on tv really and I remember I think it must have already been on like I wouldn't be surprised if then a new episode was or season was airing but I remember in third grade sitting in my basement for one day and watching an entire like season of real real world Boston and just thinking it was the coolest thing to ever exist like I couldn't believe it it was so amazing like as I was always very obsessed with like teenagers and like older people and like being cool and like what was cool in yeah. real world like really did that for me and then I've watched all of the seasons and I'll just do a quick rundown for so it starts with New York Los Angeles San Francisco London Miami Boston Seattle Hawaii New Orleans oh back to New York Chicago Las Vegas Paris which is the biggest dead of a season ever San Diego Philadelphia Austin Key West Denver Sydney and then who cares um but I remember like real world Boston with Elka and Montana and Montana the lesbian and like that girl at school being like my mom said I can't watch Ellen anymore because she's a lesbian like Montana (laughs) just sitting there and be like "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm and then I loved Seattle and then but I remember Hawaii being the first I think Hawaii was the first one that I was like oh, I get this. Like, mm-hmm. I loved the other seasons, but Hawaii was the first one that I, like, I don't know. Hawaii, I know we say Las Vegas changed it, but I would actually argue that Hawaii was the first um, really sexualized season of this show. Oh, for sure. Because, like, if you'll remember on the very first episode, Ruthie and what was his name? Trek yeah. were the first ones to get there and they jump in the pool naked. And then it's really the first one well I guess Miami did but one of the first ones to take place in like a warm climate they had that amazing pool in the backyard Mm -hmm. they were always on the beach so they like I do remember watching like a a special where they had built special mics that they wore on like necklaces because they were never wearing clothes to be mic'd up which they still do that by the way on a lot of shows Uh, on love is blind did you notice all the guys are wearing those awful hem necklaces because they were mics yeah speaking of they actually do it a lot they still do it on the challenge. They wear bells that have a microphone in them. Yeah, but I guess they were, those were like invented for real world Hawaii because they couldn't mic them up. Um, so Hawaii, New Orleans, and I would say Las Vegas are probably my three. Like New Orleans was like truly life-changing to me in a yeah. way. Like I don't really know why, but well, first of all, I thought Melissa and I, I follow, i I'm a patron of Melissa's on Patreon. She writes because I followed her blog for like years and she, all of her social media is like super locked down. But if you follow her on Patreon, she adds you to her Instagram and she's still so fucking funny and still posts her like, remember her dad, Shorty? Like she still posts her parents and like, oh, she's so fucking funny. I 
I just loved real world. Like real world, that, this is hard for my speech impediment, first of all. I know, me too. It's real be world. A <laughs> I know, it's going to be an issue the whole time. <laughs> real world is really great. Um, <laughs> this show in general, I feel like impacted so much of what I thought being a grown up was. For sure. Yeah. For better and for worse. Oh, like, Troy texted me and was like, I think I started smoking cigarettes because of this. And it's like, well, they didn't make smoking look not not cool. I mean, I really, and I was like, I'm not being sarcastic. Like, I had a visceral trigger when I saw them smoking in that lobby. Because I was like, holy shit. I used to, like, watching them smoke in that lobby to me was like the epitome of being an adult, being cool, mm-hmm. being out on your own, just like looking amazing. I was like, I cannot wait to start smoking cigarettes. <laughs> okay, so don't you think it's crazy that MTV doesn't have this on streaming? I think it must have to do with music rights. But wouldn't I think you, she does. Wouldn't you think MTV like would want real real world, like the old seasons, to be so much more a part of like the Twitter conversation that it could be if it was on streaming? MTV just generally has an issue with that because of the music. music and all of their shows like even when they reintroduced i waited years for them to put daria on fucking yeah TV and it doesn't have any of the music yeah yeah because it took them like 20 years to get all of it out so yeah i know that that's like an issue but i think it does a major major disservice to mtv because whether i think this show is their like this is always going to be what they're known for and i yeah. know like every year they talk about trying to like reintroduce it in all these different ways and it's like why don't you fucking release all of them so that people can binge them and be like this is amazing like young people yeah yeah that's the way if you want that's so true because you're right like last season it was on like facebook live watch or whatever Facebook's like watching thing is young people are never going to watch real world because it has not been culturally relevant for so long and it hasn't found a place in streaming so they're so and people our age aren't going to watch it because like at this point in my life, I don't care to watch 20-year-olds that I don't know partying and, like, being crazy. You know what I mean? Right. For the most part, like, on some shows, sure. Uh, but for the most part, I'm watching people more that right. are, like, my age or older. And if you want young people to, like, want to watch a new season, they need to, like, a 16-year-old doesn't know what the fuck real world is. And I don't know if you remember... I we talked about this a few days ago but um maybe two years ago or like a year and a half ago they MTV did like an MTV retro weekend yeah well they have that channel don't they have a whole MTV retro channel yeah and they don't play anything good on it it's so annoying it's like why don't you just air the shows that people want to see on a retro MTV channel do you know what I would do to watch road rules semester at sea with Veronica (laughs) Are you fucking, I would literally, I would actually pay money. Like if MTV had a streaming service that was like an MTV classics and it was just like maybe $4.99 and it was all seasons of old shows, I'd pay money for it. MTV through Amazon Prime does have like a $5.99 package, but it's like the old seasons of Teen Mom. And like, you know what, like stuff that's like from the last 10 years, like I need this stuff that like mattered to me as a child and teenager. Yeah, I need to be able to, like, I am a loyal, loyal fan of the challenge. I would give so much money to be able to watch old seasons of the fucking challenge. Like, it's annoying. 
like the first remember the first couple seasons of the challenge that really were like road it was like really road rules challenge and yes. like they would still be in the rvs the winnebago's yep. as they called them remember at the end of road rules when they would get to go in the money machine yes oh my god yes <laughs> I, or like i have such images of like watching people on road rules do those okay i think people listening are going to know what i'm talking about and actually there was one at my, like in my beach town that I grew up in, but I never went on it because it was like gone by the time I was old enough to probably have gone on it. What I would call an upside down machine where you like stand like an X and you get in the thing and you just like flip around a million mm. times. Mm-hmm, Do you mm-hmm. remember that was like just always something they did on road rules, like on the yeah. upside down machine? Yeah. Well, because they had such a limited, I actually, um, just recently watched like I don't know how or why I was doing that but I watched a really old season of the challenge and uh the challenges were hilarious they were so dumb it was like make a whipped cream pie the fastest and you know and now they're like literally like swimming with sharks and like scaling buildings in Vegas and it was like so silly well because it was different they weren't stationed in one place where they could build whole sets that's why it was Mm -hmm. so different you know what I mean like they were going all over so it was more like the amazing race right low way lower budget because it was MTV versus CBS right and they couldn't like build these like death trap sets for them or if they did build something that was you know what the reason that I watched it is because they did like a special about the challenge and they like went back and looked at the old seasons and they talked about how when they did do those like death death trap things there was no insurance they didn't have I mean if they died they just died you know I do remember one where they were like walking across a bungee cord and like or like and people coming down and being like I really thought I was gonna like the tone of it being like very like Afterwards, everyone was like, I don't think that was safe. There's <laughs> <laughs> one, Liz, I'm not kidding, that they showed on that special. I think about it to this day and laugh. It was a literal, like, old world, uh, not a torpedo, but like a... Like, like a what, cannonball thing? Like, yeah, like a cannonball. Yes. <laughs> and there was yeah. no gauge of, like, it was just like a wooden rickety thing. And there was no gauge of how far it would throw you. And then when they tested it, one of the times it literally just flung forward and smashed into the ground. So the person would have exploded. I was like, okay. <laughs> Holy shit. And they're all trying to win like $20,000. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Pre-tax. Yeah. So yeah, I just like, Real World was just so important to me. And in the early seasons, like the first few seasons, it's really like, we're going to teach a message. We're going to put people in a house together. And like season three, Pedro had mm-hmm. AIDS and was like the first person with AIDS on TV. In season one, I remember, mm-hmm. um, I'll never forget in New York. Remember though, I watched these all like, app, you know what I mean? Like, cause MTV yeah. used to just, it would be like, okay, here's this week and we're going to play all of Real World London. And I was like, I guess yeah. I'm watching Real World London this week. Like, that was how we, yeah, that's how we watched those ones that were before our time. Yeah, and I remember in New York, like, there was, I think her name was Julie, and she was, like, the girl from the South, and there was, like, two roommates from New York. Like, they used to cast out of the city they were in, and mm-hmm. one of them was a Black woman, and she had a beeper, and Julie, like, turns her head, and she's like, why do you have a beeper? Are you a drug dealer? Like, because she'd, like, never met a Black person before. Like, and oh even all the God. way up until, remember season... Remember when now Mr. Famous The Miz was on Back to New York and he didn't know what Martin Luther King Day was? 
Oh yeah, the and oh Coral my God. was like. Remember when what, Tanya had never seen a black person? Yeah, like Tanya from Walla. Walla, Walla. Let me tell Walla, you, Washington. I sing to myself Walla Walla Washington like <laughs> regularly, just the things that are in my brain. Um, but yeah, like in the beginning, it's definitely about like teaching and all of these people. Seven strangers picked to live in a house and have their lives changed truly. Yeah. And then I think MTV started seeing like what reality TV was becoming around them, you know, and what was selling on reality TV and also what like kids and teens and young adults wanted to see on reality TV. And then they have Hawaii where they're all naked and having sex and like the house dynamics with them all fucking is like so serious and great. And then you start realizing that like, yeah, they have their jobs, but you realize like less and less they're talking about money issues. Like if you watch early season real world and there's even in this season, I know Brim becomes a go-go dancer, but in early seasons real world, they're always like, I have no money. They're like, my, ba- oh, yeah. my, my banking, like my checking account overdrafted, like, and they have to go get like a job serving tables. <laughs> yeah. I feel like with, um, with, Las Vegas, it was like all of the things that were great about the real world before, like all of these people having like Mm -hmm. real struggles and like real mental health issues and like just real shit going on mixed with this like hybrid, like real world 2.0 thing. Yes. Like just, but also like that it was in Vegas. Like, well, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like looking back, like, yeah, of course that happened because they were living in the fucking palm. Like, yeah. You know, I almost wish that it could have just been even though I love so many of the seasons that came after it, I wish that it could have just been like this relic one weird season of real world where it was crazy, but the show didn't try and recreate that in every city they were in because it just made sense that that would happen while they were living in a casino. Yeah. Yeah. But then they saw like that it was explosive. Like it was, was, was it was so talked about. It was so popular, but I think it was, I think that's the problem with all reality TV is like once you turn a corner, you can never unturn it. And that happens in a mm-hmm. lot of reality TV shows. Like I, I wouldn't call it jumping the shark necessarily, but like when certain changes happen yeah. in certain shows, like you can't unring the bell. Oh yeah. 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 And then plus the producers are always going to lean into like ratings and not really like yeah. <laughs> the integrity of the show is important to a producer. And it definitely, like, you can see in the later seasons, like, nobody ever really mentions money again because, like, or as much because, like, production starts paying for way more. You know what I mean? And, like, oh, yeah. way more alcohol is supplied. Like, way more food is supplied um, because the idea is, like, oh, my God, when they all hook up with each other, like, the show is so much better, the drama is so much better. So, like, we can't have them going out to, like, other people's houses. And, like, we can't have them going out to bars, like, without each other. We can't, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like, we don't want them to be, like, out and about, like, having to work. <laughs> like, we can't have people, yeah. like, having shifts unless it's the job that we're filming at for the show. Um, So we'll just, like, make sure that money isn't an issue. And, yeah, so in Las Vegas, it's, like, I will say – Obviously, the casts start getting better looking and better look. Like, not that the casts were ever ugly, but you can tell when they start casting for looks. And, like, if you look at the real-world Boston cast, even compared to real-world Hawaii, you, like, start to see the changes. New Orleans, they're very good-looking. Back to Chicago, they're pretty good-looking. And then in Las Vegas, the cast is just, like, beautiful. Yeah, they're, like they look like Hollister models. Like they totally fit like what was like in at the time and what was like aspirational. They all look like they're going surfing. Yeah. We all loved like a surfer look. And what is this? Oh my God. Check the year that the show was on. So this was 2000. um, 
two. The show came out in like 2002. And so we loved Hollister. We loved Abercrombie and Fitch. Mm-hmm. We loved a beach look. You're so right. So it's, the cast is Arissa, Frank, Trishel, Alton, Bryn, Steven, and Arulian. Arulian or Arulian? Yeah. Arulian, right? Um, Arulian. I just have to like hear what's his name say her name in my head. Alton. <laughs> no, yeah, I have to like hear Alton's. Isn't it, is yeah. it Arulian? It, I think it's a rule. But it might be. Because she wasn't really in this episode that much that we watched. Erlon. I feel like I just have this image in my mind of him saying Erlon. But I don't know. I don't know who fucking knows. It really could be. Um, So definitely the star, the two stars of the season are Trishel and Steven. Yeah, for sure. And then Bryn tried to be, but like couldn't hang. (laughs) Yeah, well, and even Erlon in this episode is like, Bryn's obviously used to being like the most popular girl. And, like, she isn't yeah. here and doesn't know how to deal with it. Um, so just to go through the cast, Arissa is, like, really pretty. And she has a boyfriend back home. And she's, like, kind of a spitfire, right? Like, we're supposed to mm-hmm. think she, like, has, like, a lot. She's the one that they always, like, cast as, like, she's the one that's all bark. But she's trying to learn not to bite. Like, that type of attitude. Yeah. Frank is, like, I think from, like, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. He's, like, as a 30 30- almost 32 year old when I watch the show now I'm like oh Frank is the one you marry like Frank's the nice yeah. one like he's so much less I remember thinking he was like not cute as a kid but now I'm like oh Frank actually was good looking too my best friend Katie went to high school with a girl who lost her virginity to him and like wow. I'll never it's like so specific and weird I'm like Frank like in his post real world like when college speaking to our life mm-hmm. yeah when he was like kind of famous I guess well yeah because that's what they all used to do like in the age before social media marketing like these the way that you made money if you were on real world is that you would try and get on a challenge right like and that's why yeah. they would go on these challenges all the time because not only would you get an appearance fee if you won you won that money yep and they would go on like speaking tours where they would like go to different colleges and get paid to go to these colleges. And then they would do like club appearances, like, you know, your yeah. Alton University's like big, most popular bar welcomes Alton from the real world. Like, and you would just sit in a corner all night. Like club appearances are crazy, <laughs> first of all. But even those took years to really take off because at this point, like Paris is still trying to establish that that's even like a thing you can do. Yeah, I guess that's true. But I know they were doing, like, the speaking tours and, like, they would get on, like, um, I remember after speaking of someone who has a total second life, Cami, as we called her, on Real World San Diego. Oh, my God. Um, Like, was hosting, like, Girls Next Door videos. <laughs> or not oh Girls Next Door, um, Girls Gone Wild. <laughs> yeah, Girls Gone, oh, my God, remember that? The MTV people would do Girls Gone Wild on the beach? Yeah, they would, like, host the videos, or if they were, like, really popular, maybe they could get, like, a, jo- a hosting gig for, like, MTV Spring Break. <laughs> I used to watch late, like, do you remember the Girls Gone Wild commercials that would come on at, like, 1.30? Yeah, of course, because you know what I would watch all the time? I used to watch a Howard Stern TV show on yes, E. Yes, on E. And then Tanya would host. Wait, the why Girls don't we talk about that? Like for many <laughs> years, like Howard Stern's radio show was condensed into a half-hour TV show that just like ran on E at midnight that Thank I watched God. for years of my life. 
thank God, because it introduced me to Howard. I was like, who is this man? Oh, well, my mom's <laughs> been a, my mom was a Howard fan, like, for years and years and years. So we listened to Howard for, like, my mom was the type that, like, got serious. Remember when he switched to serious and it was, like, such a big deal? And, you like, you had to, like, made, literally take your car to the shop to have them tune it into the fucking, like. We got a engine. serious boombox. Oh, my God. <laughs> And you had to, I actually brought one to college because I was going to, I wanted to be able to listen to um, like my Philadelphia Eagles football games, but it wouldn't work in my dorm room because you had to move the uh, antenna to hit the satellite, right? Oh my, <laughs> my God. on the wrong side <laughs> of the building. <laughs> you just like put it on the roof? No, so I would literally go, uh, I lived in like an old dorm room and an old dorm hall and they had these um like little nooks kind of and they would like place tables so you could like study it was actually really cute like in the hallways and so there was like a little study nook on the opposite side of my room and it would pick up the signal there but like I think my mom had one of those in her office so she could listen at work like so we were a Howard Stern family but we would just watch that tv show all the time it was amazing and the Girls Gone Wild commercials always played during Howard Stern We'll be right back after a quick break. But do you remember when Tanya would host Girls Gone Wild? Yeah, ooh, Tanya. She had a dark... Didn't Tanya, or am I thinking of Paula, did they both have allegations about sexual assault in the challenge? Well, Tanya has, like, the one. Tanya is the one that had... one, right? Toothbrush on the challenge. Didn't something happen with Paula, too? Paula had something happen, but she didn't pursue it legally the way Tanya, I mean, Tanya, like, well, yeah, Tanya rightfully took them to court. Yeah, like, she specifically made sure that, like, a handful of people were never going to be allowed to, like, be featured on MTV again. Because it was filmed, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, they filmed her, they, like, it was Johnny Bananas and Kenny and, like, all of those guys, they, like, first they, like, antiqued her and put flour, poor flour all over her face, and she was, like, it was just like the peak of Tanya being an alcoholic. So she yeah, literally, yeah, yeah. they were bullying an alcoholic. And then they like off camera, in quotes, uh, like stuck toothbrushes inside her. Yeah. Like they, full, they like filmed full on sexual assault. Like not just like, I'm not discounting this, but not like a survivor moment where like, it's like, uh, you know what I mean? Like some people could argue it didn't ha- Like it wasn't actually assault and they just like weren't comfortable with it. You know how in Survivor oh, assault yeah, was happening? Yeah where people are like well maybe you went a little too far like i don't know like no this was like she was full-on sexually assaulted yeah mtv was down to like watch her die that night literally like they what they filmed her walking in their backyard and she walked into the pool she thought it was the ground oh and was like sunk to the bottom of the pool and like nobody got her out they just filmed her like it was crazy yeah and i mean that level of drinking like i would say definitely started on real world well hawaii they drank a lot but i think real world las vegas took the drinking to such a level yeah that like real world had not and the challenge and all those shows like just had not seen before and that was when mtv kind of made it seems like made the executive decision like this is what we're doing yeah like it was like the time that drinking became like an integral part of the show whereas before it was like they would they would get drunk yeah. But then it was like drinking is what the show revolves around. All of the drama, yes. all of the sex, everything revolves around them being drunk. Ab- I mean, absolutely. And they, I think, obviously, I think they knew it happened. So for those that have never watched, Real World Las Vegas is, takes place, they have like the top floor of the Palm 
the Palms Casino. Shout mm-hmm. out to Adrian Malouf. Yeah. Um, and basically their jobs that season are working at like the pool, right? Didn't they mm-hmm. work at the pools like shot girls? Yeah. Like bottle girls. And I don't, the guys, I don't know if they serve drinks too, but they did like various stuff around the, the, like the bar scene of the hotel. Yeah. Brit was like a go-go dancer. Yeah. Cause I do remember she got that one like on her own. Mm-hmm. Um, so they live on the top floor of the casino and they just party every single day. And yeah. something that's different, I noticed this episode, um, because they were not in a house, like this season is, ve- they're like on top of each other. Like the season is very claustrophobic. Yeah. It feels different. Like there's something about it that just felt physically felt different than all the other shows the fact that they did have to go out to that lobby to smoke it was like a different I don't know it just had like a different it hit different you know yeah yeah and you would all, like even when I was watching this I was like where in the like apartment are they I like, know there's like lots of weird little rooms because it's usually like I'm as we all know they're in like huge cool mansions where they're like mm-hmm. we took this old warehouse we turned it into a house like, right yeah this fire station is not your literally like- coming out of my mouth like you want to go down our fire pole like they would take like, <laughs> these crazy places and turn them in to houses but obviously they couldn't do that in a casino so they're in like pretty tight spaces and there's like not a lot of room and it doesn't have like honestly it doesn't have like the super chic look right that the right like especially like towards this time like remember how pretty the new orleans house was they were in like that like an old plantation on bourbon street and like the hawaii house was so pretty i remember specifically like just some of the houses were so big and cool and like you were constantly like looking at things on the wall and like it's you can tell the palm didn't let them do that much work (laughs) yeah they always picked houses that like really helped represent the city yes like you would look around it looked like a house of blues almost the houses were like you'd look around and see all of these like relics of things you're right it was it was very house of blues that's you know yeah (laughs) that's really that's exactly what it was yeah vegas was literally just like you know it was like a blues home it was just like a yeah yeah it was an apartment and even in this episode they like i'm like oh because like you walk into like the seating area but then that's not really part of it and mm-hmm. it's like very disjointed and weird, but it's set up. I think the point of it is that it set up the situation where they were like always on top of each other in a way that maybe in other seasons they weren't. For 1000%. Yeah. Cause it feels very almost like below deck the way that the camera guys move around. Yeah. You even saw a camera guy. I, I noticed a camera guy towards the very end. I looked and I was like, oh my God, there are camera people in there. Like, <laughs> speaking of camera people, I do want to make this point before we go any further because I'll forget. I would say that if you are able at some point to find like some of the more, not super recent, but the seasons from like maybe eight years ago, mm-hmm. they broke the fourth wall in a way that you and I have talked about for literally three years. Mm-hmm. But MTV did it in a way that like I think is even better than the way they've done it with Team Mom. Oh, yeah. Like, what did, how do they do it? They just involved the production in what was happening the way that you wish they would with Vanderpump Rules because production was so much a part of the drama. Yeah. Well, so, and they did it in this episode. They broke the fourth wall in this episode. Yeah, they did. And that's what made me think of that. I wrote that down because yeah. I was like, this is what every episode of the, well, the world. Real world is interesting in that 
even though they don't show the cameras, right? Like they don't show the cameras, they don't show the producers. Real World always has been kind of a fourth wall breaking show in that yeah. they acknowledge that we are on a TV show, right? right like, yeah, yeah. They acknowledge yeah. that we are living, like they, Love is Blind was doing this kind of in a little more of an annoying way, but they, they kind of talk about like, we're all in this together, like this life changing thing. Like, because like they say like, we're on the real world. You know what I mean? In a way that like on yeah. Vanderpump Rules, they're never like, we're on Vanderpump Rules. They literally say we were picked to live in a house. Like yeah. the casting is a part of the process, you know, yes. the strangers. Yes, that's exactly it. So they, ha- and they like acknowledge like, this is the job we have for, they might not say the show, but like, they're like, this is the job we do for like the experience. Like this is the job that we have to do. Like they definitely yeah. talk about the fact that they are like, doing something that is on tv <laughs> they, yeah they never leaned into that um that like reality fantasy thing that became yes. a thing where it's like this is my friend steven he works at a deli shop i went to two days ago he's coming over it's like yeah they never did any of that yeah and like, i i think i'm absolutely like an active choice because the idea is like how crazy that we're putting seven people from all walks of life in one house like they have yeah, to talk yeah. about it to get across the point of the show and it's definitely like in this episode though like they call the producer like you see a camera in the background like they go all in on showing production in this episode yeah and one of the things that i think is really funny it's like a weird like kind of nuancey thing but in the seasons where they did officially break the fourth wall completely you specifically get to see how much being on the show affects them when they go out to bars Whereas oh, in an older season, you know, where like they would get into a fist fight with somebody, you wouldn't really know why. But now yeah. it's like you would see that when they go out, they get shit thrown at them. Yeah. They have people not allow them in places. They have drinks poured on I them. I remember for Real World San Diego, they, after the fact, like talked a lot about that, that like people in San Diego like hated them, like hated them being around, yeah. like hated production. Um, that was also a big thing. Oh, so. Irene from Real World Seattle, the one that got slapped, you know, infamously the yes. one that got slapped. Um, she, yes. which in retrospect, like when she out, like I didn't understand as a child when she's like, quite frankly, Stephen, you're a homosexual. Like I thought she was just like, you're gay, like insulting you're him. You're a homosexual, Stephen. Like I thought, she, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I thought she was just really insulting him. And I didn't realize that she was like full on outing him and like yep. he is gay. And like, but he also, I'm not justifying it, but when he, as somebody that still has their childhood blankie, when he throws her teddy bear into oh my God. the water, that's like Ron breaking Sam's glasses level. Like, it's such yeah. an intimate act of violence. <laughs> like, oh my God, it's such a good way to put it, yeah. Like, when somebody <clears throat> destroys something that is literally irreplaceable to you, that you've had, like, if somebody destroyed my blankie, I would, like, kill myself. Like, because it's just, you know what I mean? Like, it's literally irreplaceable. It's the most important thing to you. And him throwing that into the water. But, like, her outing him is crazy. But she, okay. Irene is um, one of the early adapters of chronic Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. If, you know, much like the Yolanda Fosters and the Allie Hill figures of the world. And so she says that she had chronic Lyme already at that point. Which, like, whatever. I'm not making a statement on that. But she, after, you know, she left early after she outed Steven, he slapped her and threw the teddy bear in the water. She went on a tour 
talking about yeah. like how toxic reality TV is and how awful it was to be in the house and have production. And she was one of the first person that really was like talking about how manipulated by production people were and mm -hmm. how you would sit in these confessionals. Like, I don't think people understood before Irene started talking about how you would sit in a confessional for eight hours at a time and they right. would like hound you with questions and they'd be like, oh, well, did you know that so-and-so said this about you? And the person mm -hmm. would be like, what? And they're like, you didn't know that? Oh, oh, yeah. we thought like, she was the first one to really like, let us know like how toxic production was. And I think that is the reason that like, they'll never fully show production on a lot of shows is because I don't think um, the viewer. Okay, so you see this in Teen Mom. People fucking hate Janelle's producer, Kristen. They get so fucking mad at her. They're like, she just defends Janelle. Oh my God, she's playing both sides with Barbara. And I'm like, yeah, because she's good at her job and she gets both of them to talk. Of course, yeah, of course. Um, but people don't like that. They just want to see it happening, you know? Like wow. people don't want to see how the sausage gets made. It makes them feel gross, I think. That's so crazy to me. I can never imagine having that mindset. I mean, <laughs> please. You know what I mean? I'm like, it's show so me weird. every second of the sausage being made. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's like, like, it's one of the things that I find so um, infuriating about Vanderpump Rules, because as a fan of that show, you have to watch the show and then piece it together yourself, what's yeah. actually happening, because the show gives you little tidbits of it, but you have to, like, create, you have to, like, literally figure out the story yourself, because the story that you're seeing isn't the real one, and you know it. It's, an, it's just annoying. I don't know, yeah. I just can't, I don't, I can't, I can't fathom that. I agree. So, oh, I forgot to mention that the, we watched season, uh, Real World Las Vegas, obviously season six. It's called Hey Jealousy. Okay. I want to say something. I forgot that these episodes were a 30 minute episode, which is really 20 minutes. First of all, MTV's throwing so many fucking commercials. Right. Second of all, I want to advocate for a 30 minute reality TV show. I'd give anything. I forgot, like, so much fucking happened on this episode. And I was like, because it's only 30 minutes long. Yep. Because and can you believe that to... we used to watch this once a week? No! <laughs> One episode at a time. A like, so I'm having this happen, like, uh, re-watching early Sister Wives episodes. I forgot that they were 30 minutes long. Mm -hmm. like, there's a lost art of a 30-minute television show. Yeah. It's, like, masterful editing. It is. And they put, like, they have so much less content that they have to shove into an episode. Yep. So there's so much more story and they only need like a quick A and B plot. They don't eat like just so much less needs to happen in 30 minutes. And like these, first of all, just so everybody knows there's 28 episodes in this season, which is wild. Yeah, it's so crazy. many episodes. Oh my so God. many episodes, but 28 half hour episodes. It's like, there's enough content for that as opposed to 24 hour long episodes yeah. Like, there's just so much less filler, especially in reality TV, that I think, like, a show like Real Housewives of Orange County, you know, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, if they only had to be 30 minutes long, I think they would be much better. Yeah, because everybody knows the C-plot nobody gives a shit about. I don't want to watch Kelly go to a kitty cafe. I don't care. Yeah. I don't want to watch anybody go to a dog psychic. Those classic reality TV trope things that they just find shit to do we're going to yoga class fuck off i don't care yeah they don't have I to don't. do it as much on a half hour show yeah it's just unnecessary it's like 
let's just get to the meat and bones of this episode, which is exactly what this is. Like this episode, so I picked this one because this is kind of an infamous moment in real world. Real, this is so bad. In real world I history, I literally cannot, real world, <laughs> R to W to R is very hard for me, guys. As, <laughs> as Troy and I talked about, we both had uh, our speech impediments growing up and we had many years of speech therapy and we've mostly lost our speech impediments. But the RWR, <laughs> tricks my tongue and my tongue doesn't do the train thing i guess that yeah. it's supposed to do I, do you remember sitting in speech therapy with like the tongue on the top of your the roof of your mouth going oh uh, uh, oh my god are you kidding <laughs> and be like but my name is still toy oh. um uh. but so the rwr is really hard but this episode moves so fucking quick. I could like almost barely even keep notes. And I picked this one because it's kind of an iconic moment in real world history. So another thing is like real world, this is when they start kind of changing their rules a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So in the past, like any physical touch on real world was like automatic out. Mm -hmm. There, although I do remember in real world Los Angeles, David, his name was David, I believe, takes one of the, I think her name was Tammy. She's like in a uh, sleeping bag and he like drags her through the house. And I do vaguely remember him getting kicked off after a roommate meeting, but I would have to double check that. But I don't remember in the past there being like roommate meetings to decide who gets kicked off if there's touch. Like before that, I always understood the rule to be like, if there's physical touch, like you're out of the house. Yeah, it's like, after this, it became case by case, which is crazy, but it became case by case, like, you know, depending on the season. Because I even remember another really, really formative season for me was Key West. That was the season with Paula, yeah. which is like, I was obsessed I don't with really Paula. remember. I remember the house and didn't have the indoor pool. It had an indoor pool. And I don't remember much that happened on that season. I want to see what order Key West came in. Okay, that makes sense because I specifically remember um, Philadelphia happening. Well, San Diego, of course, I think was the last great season, in my opinion. Um, Free Brad, remember that? Then oh, of course. Philadelphia yeah. was like kind of boring. And then I remember Austin was like really boring. So then I vaguely remember Key West and Denver. Um, I do remember Cancun. Remember the girl with the headband across her head? Yes. <laughs> Cancun. And then I remember like back to New Orleans because of Jimmy and Knight. <laughs> and back oh. to Las Vegas because of Dustin. Knight. Um, but, well, Ty- do you remember Tyler? He's like the athletic gay. From Key West? No, yeah. I don't remember like anybody from Key West. Tyler was like... Crazy physically abusive to the women in the house like he was gay and he used to like get away with it but he literally used to like beat the shit out of people and like oh my god paula was like the deaf paula introduced me to like to like girl interrupted kind of <laughs> girls women. i was like i was like oh she's a pretty broken bird uh, <laughs> and he would just fucking ream her he would rip her ass open every single day like i remember him putting her like putting girls in suitcases and like just crazy shit so yeah it became very case by case but that's what i mean like i think this season is when production decided to like let's let things get a little more out of control like let's let people like get a little more out of control 
And the fact that he even, I mean, we'll obviously get into it, but the fact that he had to like put his foot down, like what was it, 30 times he said he wanted her to leave? Yeah. They literally were like trying to, they basically were passively trying to convince him to let her stay. Yeah. Um, so this episode starts with Trishel and Steven. So we have to discuss Trishel, who went on to be, who had a pretty prolific like reality TV career. Oh, yeah. If after this, she was part of that first wave of like, has been reality TV stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like she just doing whatever. Yeah, she, she famously was on The Surreal Life. Yep. I famously think about a scene of Vanilla Ice. She's sitting on stairs and Vanilla Ice is like standing up, looking down at her, telling her like, when my homies watch this, they're going to think that girl's the shit. She's so cool. I don't even know what they were talking about, but that scene for some reason is just burned in my brain. So she went it on stuff like- It must be so like, frustrating for people like her that like if they had Instagram or Twitter- like she would have never you know, had to do half the shit that she did. Yeah. Yeah. Or even yeah. if she did, it would have been made more of an impact, not just been like a couple thousand dollar check. It, yeah. So it it is interesting because she definitely is like part of that first wave of like just doing desperado shit. Like yep. <laughs> before yeah. there yes. was social media. And before there was social media marketing. And she I think she lives in New Orleans now, because I remember someone from the EVP Facebook back in the day. Like I remember her, her too in New Orleans, right? And she looked great. Yeah. Um, but Churchill, she's a part like, of like New Orleans like social life. Yeah, yeah. No, so Churchill would go on like these shows, and she definitely was like the star of the season. I would say like the one that everybody talked about. She's like five ten. Like she's tall. She was long. Like her body is incredible. Although I do yeah. remember her like eating disorder being a storyline on this season. Yep. You remember they like confront her and they're like, "You don't eat." And she's like, no, yeah. no, I do. I, no. Yes. Ugh. Ugh. That was um, a mess. But Trishel, but I will say, like, I tra- texted Troy. It's so weird to watch this because she's so beautiful, but she looks 40 and everything but yeah. her face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She looks like a, a really adult woman. It's weird. I think part of it is our hair color because it's like a very mousy brown Mm-hmm. where it would like, be like balayaged or however you say you know what I mean it would have like colored yeah. textured colors and also like she she's from the south and like has a very southern like you know she puts like her hair in curlers at this point so, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean like she has a very like passed down from her mother I was just talking about this with sister wives but she's a very like passed down from her mother like type of styling and even like her going out outfits part of it is just like but I don't be, I don't know because the other girls don't look like this. Like Trishel looks like what a 45-year-old would wear out to the club in Vegas. Like she's wearing this like snake yeah. skin top and like these boots and these jeans. But like Bryn doesn't look like that at all. Bryn looks straight up like Britney Spears. Yeah, Bryn is like a straight up like Hollister Abercrombie wet seal girl. Whereas Trishel is like wearing like express to the yes that's the exactly car. you know you're exactly right that Bryn is Hollister and wet seal and Trishel is express <laughs> yeah. that is so fucking correct and you're so right and that's so funny because to the I was always the Hollister wet seal girl yeah I like never ever ever go in express and like I'll be at a mall with a friend or something like do you want to go in express I'm like sure and like I bought one thing from express in my life because 
you just have your stores, you know, oh, what I yeah, mean, that you go absolutely. to and stores that you don't go to. And like, I have friends that almost were like exclusively express and they get such cute stuff and I like it. It's just never been my store. And you're exactly right. Cause around that time, it's like, you're either Hollister or you're express. Yeah. Like your mall stores literally as stupid as it sounds probably to younger people. Like they did like define your style. Like the, yeah. they define you. Where so, else were we going to get clothes from? Yeah, exactly. There was no Instagram boutique to get something original from. Yeah, there was no ASOS. No, please. <laughs> you went to your mall store or maybe you went online to your mall store. <laughs> and remember how foreign it felt like if you did have to go into Express, like you literally felt like you were intruding on somebody else's tribe. Yeah. Like, like this Trishelle's is not my... so Express. It's so funny that you say that because that is exactly it. And probably <laughs> yeah. why she looks so dated, why Bryn looks like very like young Mm -hmm. just very of the time almost like the blueprint so let's just say Brynn is doing full Britney Spears cosplay at this 1000% yeah and let's be real she looks fucking great doing it absolutely she's so cute she said I literally wrote down Brynn is so cute (laughs) (laughs) she like I forgot like how cute like she's like a little pocket princess like you could put her in your pocket like Mm -hmm. she's like teeny tiny where Trishel is like big hair like yep. tall like super thin Brynn is just like this cute little like five foot one like you know like she's just so little and cute yeah she's very tan and like you can tell she was like the most popular cheerleader at her school like she's like that yep absolutely every guy wanted to hook up with her for sure yeah and clearly Trishel and Steven this episode starts with them just like fucking grinding in the club like grinding i don't go to clubs anymore so i don't know if people still grind but like this is like straight out of like the early 2000s dancing <laughs> like it's just trichelle's like you just where you're like, like having sex yeah trichelle's like we're so connected i just can't take my eyes off him and steven's like she's so hot and her breasts are always on my mind <laughs> so let's talk about steven who is like straight abercrombie model yeah, I was, like, obsessed with Steven. Yeah, of course. Even looking back, when I'm, like, not looking at his hair, because he has that, the longer hair with the beach blonde tips. Mm-hmm. He has frosted tips. Frosted tips. tips. I'm, even my brother, who's, like, always really nerdy at one point, did frosted tips. Like, that's how, like, every boy did that. Like, every white boy did that. Steven is the guy who, like, didn't want to commit to dyeing his hair a wacky color, so he would buy, like, colored dough. <laughs> Yeah. Do you know what I mean? This one, like, just, like, the top layer of his hair is, like, yellow. It's yellow. It's It's not blonde. yellow. So if you ignore his hair, you are, like, Steven is good looking. Yep. And he's, like, straight, like, Abercrombie. Like, he's very much an Abercrombie. Like, he could have been an Abercrombie model. He's, like, what Tom Sandoval looked like when he was an Abercrombie model. Speaking of Tom Sandoval, do you remember um, Steven's post-real world, like, scandals? Not like really. early internet scandals. No. He was like, he had posed, he basically had some gay sex scandals after the real world, which that like enticed right. me. That's on, that, I mean, that's what's, that sounds right. As a teenage boy, Speaking I was of, like, can we just huh? quickly mention Real World Las Vegas to Dustin? And when it came, when that girl's mom that he oh. was fucking called and was like, um, one of my friends saw on the internet that your new boyfriend does gay porn. Is that true? Dude. <laughs> Dustin is like... That was Dustin's when the, whole story is so crazy. That was when the real world really changed forever because the internet had such an impact on them. Um, and mm-hmm. two, I don't know why, but occasionally, like the other day, 
Dustin just popped into my head and this, I had this perfect image of him on the phone calling his mom who had like uh, rapid cycling bipolar disorder and being like, mom, mm-hmm. are your thoughts racing? Mo- mom, are those thoughts racing? Are they racing, mom? That's not you, mom. That's not you. And, like, I'm like, why is my brain like this? Like, why am I thinking about this? Dude, you're so right though. Dustin was the first, Dustin was the first person in the history of the real world to have to go through a whole season where the internet already knew everything about him. Like he broke that thing open. We should talk about that. We should do the second Las Vegas one day. We definitely should because you're exactly right. That's the first time that like something had really twofolds, right? That once the show started airing, people already knew everything about Dustin. So we were, that was kind of the beginning Mm -hmm. of like knowing via the internet what would happen on the reality television show before it aired. That was like, that was early was- because that's wild to think about because I know what's going to happen on every single reality TV show years before it happens now. Like, exactly. Years. Yeah. Like, we know I'm like, I know what's happening on like Teen Mom in 2023. Like it's already happened online, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, exactly. So that was the first, but then also, yeah, like you said, like having his history outed via somebody like outside of the house and the internet. Crazy. Yeah. But, so Stephen had like gay for pay stuff that surprises me 0%. Exactly. If I, if yeah. I had, had to like, draw guy someone, that him. if somebody was like, what do you think a gay for pay guy looks like? I would first find Jax in Miami, and then I would find Steve yeah. in Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, he literally looks like a parody of a gay porn star, like on SNL. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> that makes sense to me. So Steven is like Mr. Abercrombie, and like just such an asshole, and the star of the show, and he and Trishelle are like the on and on and off again. And once again, like another one that if this had happened in the age of, or even just a little later, like probably would have had a long challenge career. Pro- you know what I mean? Like probably would have oh, went on absolutely. a different TV show, like would have had a million followers on Instagram. Like yeah. this cast, it's interesting because they're all so hot that it's interesting that like this happens in a pre-social media world. So there was very little way for them to parlay that hotness into mm-hmm. almost anything. It's it really is like sad because they're one of the most dynamic, interesting groups of people. Yeah. Just all of them individually are so endlessly fascinating. So they would have had amazing social media careers for sure. Yeah, but they couldn't because there was no social media. Like there yeah. was there was very little. Like I said, they had like college speaking tours. There was very little opportunity for reality TV stars. They definitely weren't becoming actors. Very, very few of them. Very, very few of them uh, were able to move on to anything like. To play devil's advocate, though. Yeah. How chic is it that some of them who maybe didn't want that, like these are the last of the people who were able to do reality TV and legitimately go back home. Yeah, that's so true. So Melissa Howard that I follow, her last name is Beck now because she married Justin Beck of Glassjaw, if anybody listens to that band, which I don't, but he is like kind of famous in his own right, talks about. So she did a lot of the challenges. She did a little bit of acting. So she definitely like pursued it for a while. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just like she did one season of Real World and disappeared, but she like talks about what it's like. She actually was just on a podcast not that long ago. It was like, Your Mom Has a Podcast, I think it's called. I would suggest you go find Melissa Beck's episode of Your Mom cool. Has a Podcast. She doesn't really do, this is like a personal friend of hers that has a podcast, I think. Because like I said, like her 
So for a long time, I would read her live journal, Princess Melissa. Like I read her live journal and then, but like her Twitter and Instagram are locked down. You can follow her on Patreon and she does, uh, she writes still, like she posts blogs on there and she'll add you to her uh, social media if you, which is like, I think a good way to be like half public, half private, you know? Like, yeah, for sure. Like only, she knows only people that are interested enough to pay for her are going to try and follow her. I think that's like a smart way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's like, it, I think it's a smart way for her to like, still have some social media that's not just like her friends but also like weed out people she doesn't want to hear from yeah total Um, control yeah which is why she stopped wanting to be public but on this podcast she was talking about like how she isn't famous but she's kind of known and like it Mm -hmm. follows her all of the time and like especially because she's like you know people my age watch the real world so like at school drop-off like whenever one of my kids goes to a new school it like has to be this whole thing like yeah i'm melissa from the real world but it actually but it also doesn't really benefit her life in any way because it's not like she's still cashing checks she's not she doesn't want to be instantly famous you know what i mean like she doesn't want it all of that she actually has a lot of social anxiety that she talks about and she isn't interested in being famous and lives in long island new york you know what i like she doesn't live in la like she's not living in la lifestyle like her husband wasn't a famous like metal band but now he runs like a t-shirt company like he owns a factory you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. they live like a very normal jewish new york life oh she also converted to judaism so i just love her even more um but she talks about like how it is this thing and she actually became friends with aurelion because they ran into each other at like trader joe's and she said that they just like gave each other a hug and were like wow they were like we both went through this like (laughs) like they didn't they i don't think they ever did like a challenge together or anything she wrote a blog post about this it was really interesting on her patreon and they just like hugged and were like hey like we both went through like this very like i see you literally i see like hey we're both brown girls that were like in this very real like weird world like that nobody else understands yeah but she definitely talks about like this impact of being like a a little bit famous reality tv star but i think like what you're saying in the age before like you had to be famous just because you were on one season of reality tv right so she doesn't have 50 yeah 000, like you have to have instagram followers like she doesn't have like, exactly huge social media presence it doesn't affect her life in any way except for the fact that like at school drop off she sees people staring at her and she's like yeah it's me <laughs> like i'm the girl that had a mental breakdown on real world new orleans that's me wow. like hey like she it's it's really interesting <laughs> that is crazy what a weird like limbo to be in yeah but you're right i think you're absolutely right that in this age, like people literally could go on real world and never do another thing ever again. That was in the yeah, public eye at all. And just like go move home, home and go like- back to their normal job. Like, yeah, people see you on the drop off. I think Melissa a little more cause she did do seasons of the challenge and she did try, you know what I mean? She definitely was like trying yeah. a little longer. I think she did like five to maybe like five plus years of like trying to do this like fame thing, maybe longer. So I would say she's like a little more on the cusp of like you would have seen her more places but, like imagine yeah. like like someone that was on one season of real world and you see them and you're like you would stare at them because you'd be like i fucking know that where do i know them from it, it, it's just so weird though i mean like it's just so strange how as time goes on the way that reality tv affects the people that do it also changes well yeah and and it's i think such a i think we can thing. this is like a, a silly thing to say but we can even talk about 
like here for the right reasons. You know what I mean? Because I think in, yeah. not the podcast, obviously, like the phrase, because I think yeah. in like the 90s, in the early 2000s, like I said, the show came out in 2002. I would say the height of my real world fandom was like 97 to 2004. So these people could go on TV just to be in a cool experience and want nothing else out of it. Yeah. Literally, like an authentic, like, I want to live in a nice house for the summer and- This will be crazy. It'll be a funny story to tell people. Yeah. I don't have to pay bills for a couple months and that's it. And then you go home and you make, you have local fame and you work at, you know, your like bar or restaurant or whatever and live your life. It's crazy. Like that can, like nobody would go on a reality TV show for that reason in 2020. You'd be thinking like, okay, how can I curate in this, in this into being a content creator? How can I curate this into my YouTube channel? How do I curate this into like, like nobody's going on the bachelor to find love. They're going on the bachelor to become part of bachelor nation. Exactly. And to like hopefully become The Bachelor. Yeah. And to get on a million shows and to get 5 million Instagram followers and charge $60,000 an Instagram post. Like that's It's just so like, it's so gross now. Yeah. So it's definitely interesting that like all of these people like probably went on like, like even for uh, like Real World, some of the people just like moved to the city that they filmed their show in, not to LA. Like they like, like I remember Kelly on Real World New Orleans, who's now actually married to Scott Wolf and has been married to him for a very long time. Oh yeah. But mm-hmm. remember she had that like a very handsome doctor boyfriend? Yes. He was like so hot and was like a real doctor and she just like was barely in the house because she had like that great boyfriend. But she just like, yeah, I'm gonna stay in, in New Orleans to be with my boyfriend. Yeah, or like, like the people who would like meet somebody and then be like, Do you wanna like live together? Yeah. <laughs> And like, they were just like, li- like I think um, Arissa Arulian did end up moving to Vegas at the end of this season. They're like, I'm they just going to stay in Vegas. Like, yeah, because remember she had like lost her job or she, yeah. had, like, she didn't have like any money. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was like, I don't little, have a home. Probably a little darker of a reason. But still like in 2020, nobody would go on real world New Orleans and be like, well, now I live in New Orleans. They'd be like, I'm going to LA, bitch. Exactly. Like, <laughs> they all have agents before the season was over. Like, <laughs> yeah. ugh, gross. Nobody's relocating it to like Denver where the real yeah. world happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, do you want to just stay on this street in Boston? Like, yeah. just stay here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, like, real world was just kind of the height of fame you could have was to be, like, a popular real worlder. Like, that yeah. was it. <laughs> and just have a name that people know. And that's, yeah. And that's enough. That's, like, enough. So, back to this episode. Trishelle and Steven, it's the first time they fucked that night. And Bryn is so jealous, she, like, can't contain herself. She literally yeah. goes into bed with them. Which, in the first episode, right, don't Trishelle, Steven, and Bryn kind of, like, get in the... The big thing was, like, they got in the hot tub together, or, like, the jacuzzi tub together, right? The big thing was that Steven and Trishelle kept having unprotected wild sex yeah. all over the house like all in every room in front of people like all the time and Trishel would have this loud crazy sex and then every single time every she time well she would call her granddaddy <laughs> and be like grandpa messed up again oh my god it's not me it's not who I am and he'd be like well what'd you do baby and she would have some crazy like she would in very extreme detail 
tell her like grandpa and be like, I'll let him put four candlesticks in me. I, I it's not me, granddaddy. And be like, oh, it's me. Every single time. It was like this crazy routine. But at the very beginning, I have a clear memory of them be like in a jacuzzi together. And oh yeah, like- that was like that was the big hookup that they had sex in the jacuzzi and everybody just kind of sat and watched them do it. <laughs> so Bryn like literally goes and gets into bed with Trishel and Steven. Mm-hmm. And I think she's trying to have a threesome. Legit. Yeah, for sure. I think she just like didn't say it out loud. Like she wasn't that drunk. You yeah. know, like she yeah, wasn't yeah, drunk yeah. enough to be like, should we? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Should we do- so I want to, oh, this is so bad, but once I, like, my friend was talking about the guy I really liked, and I was so, so drunk, and I can clearly remember, like, being like, should we all hook up? And she was like, no. And I was like, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's okay. right. <laughs> You're like, no, I don't want to either, so thank like, you. No, no, but, like, I, because I, like, didn't really want to hook up with her, like, not that I haven't hooked up with girls, but, like, I didn't want to hook up with her. I was just, like, so drunk, and when I took up with him, and I do remember being, like, like once she right. said no, like coming, like, back do down, like coming back down to earth, like not like not like pretending I didn't want to, but being like, yeah, I think you're right, actually. Yeah. <laughs> like we shouldn't do that. Like, I just think of it. It was just like so fucked up that I was like, I should say we should have a threesome. And then I was like, like even the next, like later that night when I was still that drunk, I was like, I'm really glad she said no. <laughs> yeah oh my god (laughs) but like Bryn wasn't quite there you know what I mean she was like still at that point where she's like maybe if I just go and like caress them both a little bit like they'll agree yeah like she was being like coy she like pulled her thong above her pants oh my god she had her thong was like all the way up her back it was up her back she like gave herself a little to like thongs all the time now I'm like (laughs) Thought, like how everybody was obsessed with thongs. Girl, do people still wear thongs? Like, I think that they do, but it was like thongs with literally the lowest rise jeans ever. Like, what a fool's game! <laughs> she all day dealing with that is crazy. Yeah, and she, like you can tell, like I said, you can tell she's trying to have a threesome because she like lays in between them and she kind of has her arms on like both of them and is like, "I'm jealous. I'm just jealous someone's getting some." And you know, she's just waiting for Stephen to be like. Do you want to come? You want to come in? You want to join yeah. Because I think up to that point, they had, they had like a really, really, really intense makeout as a threesome. They did. Like, that's what I'm talking about. In the jacuzzi tub, the three of them made out. Yeah. They hadn't had sex yet. So she was probably, I'm sure thinking like, well, duh, we're going to like fuck. Yeah. She eventually. definitely, I think, and she's like, I'm just jealous that someone's getting some. And Jershel and Steven are like, we just want to fuck each other. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Like, they're like, let's get out of this bed and go into Steven's room so Bryn can't come in here. They literally were, like, in the corner with the covers pulled up to, like, their mouth. Like, giving physical body language, get out of the bed. (laughs) Get out of the bed. Like, Trishel was covered all the way up to her eyes and just saying, like, no, we don't want you to come in the bed. You're so right. You're so right. Like Trisha was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I don't want her. Like, like don't say out. yes, Steven. Please don't say yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do it. <laughs> she was like literally being a predator. She was pretending not to know they didn't want her in the bed. It was so awkward. Also, like, it's so 
it's just so funny because Steve and Trisha, like I said, have been like having sex on the dance floor and are like so right. fucking attracted to each other and like just so yeah. ready to fuck. And like they're drunk and they're horny and they've been flirting for a couple of days and like they just want to fuck. And Bryn comes in and is like, What are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Hi>. <laughs> and Trisha's like, I need to fuck Steven right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, everybody's had that moment where they walk in on, like, their friends or, like, a couple, and, like, it doesn't register for you quite (laughs) yet, but it's happening, and you're like, oh, (laughs) I'll leave you guys to it. (laughs) Especially in the age of, like, house parties. Yes, yes. Oh, like, you guys are fucking on this pool table. Oh, okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Okay, I'll leave you alone. Hi, hi. (laughs) I'm drunk. (laughs) Yeah. And the next day you're like, oh, fuck. Whoops. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so they like get out of there. They go into poor Steven and Frank's room where Frank is just trying to sleep. <laughs> and they're like yeah. full on having legit sex. And also once again brings you back to like, just like the age of like being young enough to like fuck in a room with someone else in it. I know. <laughs> oh my God. Like bullying somebody out of the room because you're fucking so loud. Like what? <laughs> so young and drunk and inconsiderate. Yes. Like that so is an boring. under 25 only activity. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like your Once hormones you... are literally a, a raging beast at that yeah, point. Yeah, and you're just so drunk that you like literally don't care. And then you just like are doing it. And you're like, what? Yep. And then it becomes a thing that you do because once you do it once, it's like, who cares? <laughs> And you're so delusionally confident that you're like, yeah, look at me. I don't give a shit. Look at my yeah. back. Like, you don't care. Yeah, you're just young and you're drunk and you're horny. And as a 30, now almost 32-year-old, I'm like, the idea of that literally horrifies me. <laughs> I would sooner die. Are you kidding? I'd be like, don't even come near me. We're sleeping in different beds. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to be pitch black in here. Yeah. Like, the idea of, like, having, God, just sex with somebody, like, with somebody else in the room. It's just so... It's so crazy. Oh. I did notice that they all had like queen size beds. Did you notice how big the beds were? They didn't have like Jersey yeah, Shore little twin like, beds. <laughs> Frank's journey to get out of his bed it took him a while. It was so big. <laughs> Frank comes out. The roommates are all like hanging out in the living room, and he's like, "The slapping woke me up." And mm-hmm. Stephen's like, "Let's go into the confessional, not turn it on." And just once again, being young and drunk and horny where you just like go fuck in a common space because there's like a door there not thinking like people don't want me to fuck in the common space right and they're all like oh they go oh frank did the fucking wake you up again like are they fucking in there it's like they're just so used now to trishelle and steven having sex all over the place that it's just like they just run from room to room trying to get away from them those two were so horny for each other yeah like (laughs) yes and towards the end, like, Steven, like, kind of hates Trishel, like, emotionally. Mm-hmm. Like, he can't stand her, but, like, cannot stop having sex with her. I just, like, I want you to watch another episode just for her to call. I just want to watch. I just want you to see her call her granddaddy. Okay. It's, like, iconic. <laughs> granddaddy, so, I did it again. I think it's Arissa that's, like, don't fuck in the confessional. Go in your own room, which is, like, a classic, like, real world, like, turf war. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yes. don't fuck in there. <laughs> yeah. By the way, their confessional has, like, like big lots trinkets all over the walls. I was like, this is so sad, this house. It really is. It's, like, it's funny because in a way, kind of, like, the most glamorous because they're, like, <laughs> yeah, they get, like, 
remember ghost bar they would always go to ghost bar oh my like, they god get, like, yes they get like instant access to ghost bar and like mm-hmm. and the palms and like everything's so glamorous but it's also like very not because they're in like a casino and all casinos are like gross and like, yeah like they're still smoking in a hallway yeah exactly so like at the end of the day this is like the pacing of this episode is so crazy. Like I can't fully express. I did keep pausing to like type because they're going so fast. I was like, oh mm-hmm. my God, slow down. So the next day Trishelle and Bryn are like going somewhere and Bryn's like, well, you know, I wanted to fuck Steven. And Trishelle's like, oh, 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 well, I asked Steven like if we shouldn't because of you, but like he said, that doesn't matter. And Brent's like, well, he doesn't know that I want to fuck him. And it's like, girl, <laughs> the whole house knows that you want to fuck him. Trishel knows because she asked if you guys shouldn't fuck because of you. <laughs> like, yeah. And this is also like, we've all been friends with like, the, we've all been, been friends with like a Brent or we've been Brent. Yeah. Where you're just yeah. like, girl, like, I don't know where you, like who you think you are. Like she hasn't like, lived enough life to realize that you you literally can't just have everything you want at the moment you want it like he didn't want to have sex with you and that's fine for him like it's crazy where's burn from is she i think she was from a small town she said like let me see if i can look her up Bryn. she had to have been from somewhere where she was just used to like snapping her fingers and yeah. everybody i mean you know she's like the probably the hottest girl in her grade well she had her third child in 2008 that's nice her name is wow. Bryn smith oh she did an interview in 2016 oh my god sorry hold on i'm trying to see if it says where she's from i don't know but she's not you can tell she's like a small town girl for sure yeah like she just the thought of him not wanting her is like something it's she's not dealt with this yet and she's having to deal with it on camera for the first time in her life yeah i think in like being on camera for the first time in her life being like well somebody doesn't like me <laughs> like mm-hmm. being like uh, wait that's not okay he can't not like me yeah oh she's still with the husband and they've been married for like 14 years and they live in portland oh, wow. That's nice. That makes sense to me. Because she yeah. says in this, like, I guess, I guess I'm just going to have to go home and get fucking pregnant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's all there's left for me if you send me home. <laughs> fucking God. Um, maybe she's from Portland. I don't know. I can't. Oh, wait. Here we go. Uh, she's from Portland. Okay. But okay. I got, like, outside, like, small. Like, she's just very small town girl feeling, if, you for know? For sure. Absolutely. Oh my god, I was right. Frank is from Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. I fucking knew he was from Pennsylvania. <laughs> he also gives very Pennsylvania vibes. Yeah, very. Um, so he's definitely Trishel's town is called Cutoff, Louisiana. <laughs> That's yeah, <tough>. Cutoff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's tough. I remember that. So <laughs> Trishel straight off, up Louisiana. <laughs> That's Sorry. tough. Okay, go straight up or Trishel straight up is like, do you like Steven? Even after this, it's so weird because the, com- the way this conversation goes, it's like, well, I was really just jealous because I wanted to fuck Steven. And Churchill's like, yeah, I asked Steven if we shouldn't because, you know, like, if you liked him. And then Bern goes, well, Steven doesn't know. And then Churchill goes, do you like Steven? And Bern goes, no. <laughs> like, 
like, okay. The whole conversation you just had was about you liking Stephen. Like, and that's the other thing is like, this is another under 25 thing where they all, all three of them actually just like the attention that they're all getting from each other. Yeah. Like they like this, but also hate it. Yes. Yes. <sighs> so then there was a scene of, uh, Frank and Steven working out in the obviously like the hotel gym. It's just like the carpet on the floor is so funny. Mm-hmm. And Frank's like, you guys, sh- we should switch rooms because Frank and Steven are in one room and Brennan and Trishel are in another room. So one minute into Trishel, Trishel, Trishel and Steven hooking up, they decide there has to be a room switch. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, because dad Frank is like, I've had enough. I'm up past eight. Well, it's just also so funny because it's like, what if they stop hooking up, like, tomorrow? <laughs> exactly. Like, you got... It's ridiculous. And so then all of a sudden, we're, like, back in the hotel room. And Bryn is, like, dressed up to go out. And this dress that this fight happens in is iconic. She yes. has full Britney Spears, like, that short bob with, like, the spiky in the back. When it's, like, a short bob, but it's, like, just long enough that you can, like, put it up and back. And it's, like, twisted in the front, yes, too. Yes, twisted. Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> With, like, little clips in it. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, she, never in her life have you seen someone that looked, like, if you were, like, what did 2001 look like? <laughs> and get a picture of Bryn in this hair, makeup, and outfit. <clears throat> she looks like a Delia catalog. Yes. She's in this, like, cute little pink dress that, like, goes down to her knees and, like, has one shoulder like a regular sleeve and the other shoulder like a little spaghetti strap <laughs> like mm-hmm. yeah like wacky just, like futuristic fashion this the is what i mean by like, like britney spears cosplay like britney spears would have worn like the versace version of that to an award show one thousand percent yeah and all of a sudden Brynn is like steven you have to move your stuff and like basically saying like steven has to be the one that moves his stuff she didn't want to move her stuff, basically, which, like, I understand. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also, like, either Frank or Bryn was going to have to move her stuff. If Trishel, you know what I mean? Like, one of them yeah, was going to have to move. going to have to move. Yeah, like, to make this work. And Steven is like, why are you talking to me that way? And Bryn's like, because you need to deal with it. And all of a sudden, they are screaming at each other like frank's on the phone with his ex-girlfriend and he's like gotta go <laughs> and Brandon's yeah, like she wants to she just wants to fight with him so yeah they can start fighting about this not having sex exactly um brandon and confessional is like steven and i have never been cool and it's like what, <laughs> what are you talking about what do you mean that you've never been cool <laughs> like what are you talking about it's just so funny because it's so disconnected from like the reality of the entire episode yeah um that we've been watching oh my god i like might have just gotten a virus on my computer opening that article about brand and started downloading something that's on brand you had to open some fucking 2003 oh my god what did it download i just i hear like chrome and it was like do you want to keep downloading i'm like what you're like downloading an angel oh my god it tried to download It tried to download Media Player Prime 2.1. Oh, my God. Jesus. <laughs> okay, sorry. That's I just like, almost... That's what you get for digging around on the old internet. Truly. Um, so, Bryn and Steven are just, like, all of a sudden in this fight over literally nothing. And Steven is like, you need to cool it. 
And then he's like, you need to stop being a bitch to me. And then all of a sudden they're screaming and I can't tell who like really escalated it first because Steven does say like disgusting things to him, to her, like all of a sudden he's yeah. yelling like, yeah, I called you a bit. It sounds like he's calling her a slut, but I listened back like three times and I think Bryn called him a slut. And, like you, I think she called him a slut. Yeah, I mean, I he think, said bitch. Well, I think he, he said you're being like, a bitch first. I think that was like, but she, like, no offense, was like, she was escalating, she was digging for a fight, right? Like, she was pushing a fight and trying to have yeah. a fight. And then he's like, you're acting like a bitch. And that's when she had probably called him a slut or like, you're just a fucking slut or something. So he's like, I'm a slut. Like, you're the fucking slut. Like, they are all of a sudden screaming at each other. And then, I didn't realize the fork throwing happened off camera. They missed it. Yeah, they didn't show it, which I thought, yeah, I was, like, really surprised by that. I, like, how do you not have all cameras in the house on them at that moment? Um, but we see the fork just laying on the ground that doesn't get picked up or moved. <laughs> yeah, they, like, zoom in on the alleged fork. <laughs> so Alton says that she's, he's like, Bryn threw that with force. Like, she really threw it with force. It's a shame that this episode is only Bryn, Steven, and Trishel. I mean, it's good. It's fun to talk about, but I also, like, Alton was a fuckboy in his own right and crazy in his own right. Alton and, what's her name, were the true. Arulian, yeah. Well, because, like, Arulian also had a boyfriend, right? Like, yeah, she had a boyfriend, but they were in love. They were, like, really in love. Like, he was in love with her. Yeah. They had, like, a notebook romance. <laughs> yeah, but I think, like, he was super in love with her, but she was like, I don't fucking know what I want. Yeah, for sure. She was like, you're just really hot, and, like, you know, I mean, it's not often that you come across this, like, literally beautiful man who's also, like, really, like, in tune with his emotions, and, like, you know, they're, like, young. Yeah. You yeah. know, he was, like, he, like, Alton was basically the bachelor. He was perfection. No, first of all, he's so good looking. He's so beautiful and like was so sweet. He like I know we were talking about Stephen being Abercrombie, but like Alton, like he I he he could have lived like or he could have been a mo- like a high fashion model. Oh, one thousand percent. By the way, I'm looking yeah. at this right now, and Arulian is from the Bronx, which reminds me that Melissa told this story that she went to Arulian's for Friendsgiving, and I guess Arulian grew up with Lynn, Mar- Lynn Manuel Miranda because they're both from the Bronx, and she went to the Thanksgiving, oh the Friendsgiving and walked in, and Lynn Manuel Miranda was there, and she's like, "Bitch, you need to warn me if there are going to be celebrities at your party." <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, you just like walk in and like one of the most and this was like in I think like a year or two ago so like even closer to like the height of Hamilton just like fucking mania <laughs> yeah that is you, so you funny. walk in you're like what the fuck <laughs> you're like in dirty sweatpants yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> um, but yeah so she had like a there's like a boyfriend situation going on oh it says she has an open relationship with her boyfriend there we go oh yeah that's why it was so crazy it's interesting i mean maybe not interesting maybe mtv did on purpose that they had two black women but they're both biracial like the season that they actually put like two black women on the show it's like can't have them be too black though they better be light-skinned and have oh i know i know i know 
And that was such a major part of their storyline. Mm-hmm. Well, because then they, they were right away. They were like, we're both the biracial. Like, I think right away they looked like, this is, I mean, this is not like monument or like, I can't think of the word right now, but this isn't like crazy to say that like the black people would come onto the show and be like, okay, we're the black people. Like of we're course. the black people that got cast. Like, I mean, they yeah. called a whole fucking like skit about it. Like, yes. <laughs> like, and like, it is a, I mean, yeah, I can't think of the word either. It's groundbreaking. Like, yeah, it's not groundbreaking, it like groundbreaking to acknowledge that like the black people come on the cast and be like, okay, you're the other black person. Like, okay, cool. I mean, this ep- this season did have three black people, but I'm both, I'm yeah, just saying like both like, the black women were very light skinned and biracial. Yeah, they had three black people and the three black people in the house had like an extremely prominent side yeah. storyline as like a as a group like that was actually pretty for the real world that was also a really big deal for this season like that was like one of the things that was like wild to see these three black people having their own story yeah it was where they're like we like each other and we like hang out with the three of us better than with the other people yeah and i and then what's her name would be in the middle giving them both advice about how to like be in a relationship with each yeah. other amazing. i need to read this thing from <laughs> This is really bad. From Alton's, like, I'm on the Wikipedia for this season, and they have, like, a blurb about them all. And this is Alton's. When he was 14 years old, his nine-year-old brother was kidnapped and murdered. In episode 11, he reveals that he was molested when he was six-year-old. And this, along with his brother's death, causes some discomfort around homosexuals. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Holy shit. I don't mean to laugh, but, like... First of all, that's, his brother was kidnapped and murdered is just, like, a wild thing to read on someone. Like, compared to, like, Trish, like, Stevens, where it's, like, oh, this, it does say he supported himself by working as a topless bartender at a gay bar in his Texas hometown. Mm -hmm. It does say that about Steven. But, like, like, the rest of the blurbs are, like, Frank is a nice guy whose mom and dad love each other. And then Alton's just like, yeah. Like literally. She shouts from a small town experiencing the world for the very first time. Listen to, listen to Frank's compared to what I just read to you. Frank grew up in a traditional nuclear family with a stay at home mother and a father who owned a local pizzeria. MTV describes him as somebody who is affable, talkable, and open, as well as somebody who makes friends easily. (laughs) Compared to like. If Frank can get cast on the real world Las Vegas, I can do anything I set my mind to. Because what? Compared to Alton's, whose brother was kidnapped and murdered, and then he was molested, which means he doesn't trust homosexuals. Like, that's crazy <laughs> blur. Wow. Okay, by I the way, that. the real world San Diego is online, or it was on Vimeo within the last couple years, and I rewatched it, and they have a plot point of one of the white cast members using the N-word, and the one black cast member has to have a meeting with the whole cast where what? he gives a PowerPoint lecture. What? Wait, Dude, let me look at the cast. And word. So oh bad. my God. And Cameron is like, because she's from the, the South, as we know, is like, you know, people in my hometown say it all the time, but now I just know I shouldn't. It's so bad because the oh, one remember the crazy girl God. from i can't remember her name but the brin type of girl from the season of san diego she got into a fight with a guy yeah, at she bar. just died she no not not frankie not not the one with the lungs oh robin yeah i think hold on robin and she kind of looked like brin too yeah robin's Honestly. iconic 
Um, hold on. Who's the alcoholic? Yeah, I. Oh, like isn't arrest. it crazy that Jamie Chung? Yeah, it was Robin. Jamie Chung is like famous and married to uh, Brian Green now, who's like I know Jewish love my life because I'm the asshole that loved the show How to Make It in America. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's crazy how I, like famous she is in real life. But now. Robin like gets into a fight with a black guy out and like screams that n-word at him so jack yes yes to give a i'm not kidding a lecture on why the cast members should not use the n-word i remember watching that i was like my jaw was on the floor i was like what the fuck am i watching on my tv right now it's just something that would never like the way they went about it is just so different from like how not that like I could actually, like, I'm, that could probably be a storyline on, you know what I mean? Like, one of the white cast, I mean, this shit come, it came up on the season of The Bachelor about white power girl. Like, this shit comes up, but, like, the right. idea that then the one black person on the show has to, like, give a PowerPoint lecture about it on, like, the like <laughs> history of slavery in the N-word, I swear to God. Oh, my God, it's so fucking inappropriate. I can't deal with it. It's so crazy. Oh, wow. Like I, was I forgot not, about like, that. Yeah, I do remember it. It's so bad. It's and everyone's like, "Wow, he has a really good point." <laughs> he did a good job of teaching her about racism. Oh, she's like, "I'm sorry, I said that," and it's like, "No, you're not." <laughs> um. Okay. So back to this. Alton. Alton lets us know that she didn't just like toss a fork at him. Like, Alton's out there watching. He says that she threw it with force. But yeah. once again, like, okay. Um, so then Robin, or Robin, Bryn goes out into, like, one of the little hallways because, like, they have this little seating room that's, like, outside of the main area that, like, come, where, so I think basically what it is is you get off the elevator, and I'm guessing they have the whole floor because production has, like, three of those rooms because they have to have production rooms. And um, so they have, like, this little seating area and then, like, a couple of rooms and then, like, the main area. So, uh, Bryn goes out there, and she's, like, telling Arulian and Arissa, like, what happened, and, like, I still can't, she's, like, he was, he was being awful, he was being awful, and then Stephen is, like, nobody's allowed to touch anyone, I thought we're not allowed to touch anyone, and Alton, like, says it again, he's, like, you just assaulted Steve, like, Alton seems to think that, like, this was a, a real, because when you hear it, you're like through a fork. But Alton, who seems pretty level-headed, I guess, except for being like a very big homophobe. Um, yeah. <laughs> I guess like he, he says multiple times that Bryn assaulted him. Yeah, because he looked at her and probably saw that this white girl is about to start fucking crying until they let her stay. Like yeah. he knew 30 minutes, like 30 beats before what everything, like, of yeah. course. Yeah, she's about to start sobbing and acting like she's a victim and yeah. all the things. I mean, like, no, girl, you threw a fucking pointed fork at somebody and technically you should have gone home. It is what it, it is. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. So I did notice, though. So Bryn tries to come back in the room. And did you notice Steven slams the door on her? Yeah. It's like, thank God that door had a one of those springy things yeah. on it because it would have hit her. Like, he like knew she was standing there and he like slammed the door on her so i was like well hit her yeah so bryn gets back in but once again like i'm not trying to defend steven here but like 
she comes back in and just like keeps escalating and escalating like she gets in his face and his screaming and like lunging at him and she pushes him yeah and um i think it's really yeah. on I'll be honest, I feel bad. Aurelian and Arissa, I have trouble telling apart in this episode because I haven't watched it in so long that I just can't remember which is which. Well, they're both just like beautiful mixed girls that look exactly the they, same. And, and in this episode, like I, I, I just like, I'm sure if I watched one more episode that like actually featured them talking, like this episode, yeah, you would. they each say like one word. It's not, you know what I mean? It's just that they, they yeah. do look alike. I'm not crazy, right? No, if you did watch one more episode, you'd be like, oh, okay. Because, like, they talk very different. Yeah, I think, like I said, like, they just are not featured in this episode, like, at all. No. Which sucks. But they have, like, you know, they have similar hair. They, I mean, they're both beautiful. Yeah, they're both gorgeous. They both dress the same. They, like, mm-hmm. share each other's clothes because, uh, why can't I think, what's the other one's name? What's her name? Arissa. Arissa, she was like so broke. All of her the clothes that she was wearing was their all airlines clothes. Like, yeah, they had the weird bond, and they basically became the same person the whole season. Yeah, so it's not that far off. Yeah, so just and like I said in this episode, I mean it's hard when you like they don't they just don't get a storyline at all. Yeah, so it's like there's just not you know what I mean. Like MTV, I think didn't try that hard to be able to tell them apart in a lot no. of ways. I do think as well. Um. But what am I? Oh, and also, you know what? I was noticing that I think in the talking heads they were showing, Aurelion had curly hair, but in this episode, she had straight hair. And Arissa yeah. and her talking head had straight hair, but in this episode, she had curly hair. So I, was, I think I was using their hair, and then I realized they actually switched their, you know what I mean? Like, the, yeah. Like, like <laughs> one had curly hair and one had straight hair, but then it was like opposite what they had in the confessionals. <laughs> Yeah, and they did, they literally morphed into the same person by the end. They were just one person. I hope they're still friends. Me too, I love their friendship. Ugh. I'm gonna watch an episode probably tonight so I can, like, actually get more of that. I'm gonna watch a, a one of the episodes that features on the three black cast members instead of the three white cast members. Yeah, because really, honestly, do. it was like, the house was divided between, you had this one storyline that was like three people who just mm-hmm. wanted to get fucked all the time. And then you had this other storyline where it was like this intensely, outrageously passionate relationship that yeah. at times was violent. Yeah. And because they would like physically fight a lot and then they'd have after fight sex that was also violent. Mm-hmm. And what's her name was in the middle trying to like make it, I mean, it was like wild, but yeah, I would go yeah. uh, watch and then frank would just like walk around like hey guys <laughs> yeah and his like aeropostale sweatpants yeah. just like bumbling around <laughs> he's like how are we doing <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> ordering but room really, service you're right it service. really was like the three white cast members the three black cast members and then frank mm-hmm. and they kind of just like went in the out of each other's storylines a little bit but that's kind of how mtv did the episodes yeah for sure um so i'll definitely watch one of those episodes tonight so i can tell them apart but um, so I think it's a ruling on that's holding him back and Steven's like you're a slutty bitch but that's when she's calling him a slut and then he calls her a stupid tramp whore but like Bryn really pushes him like hard and she's the one that is like mm-hmm. she's the one that physically moves towards him she's the one that lunges at him she's the one that pushes him Steven didn't hit her but I did understand what he was saying like you can't escalate it to that point because like what if I- <sighs> 
look, everybody should be able to control themselves. I'm not saying that, but like, I don't, I wouldn't excuse Steven if he did it, but I understand what he's saying where it's like, we're in this situation. And if you're repeatedly like hitting me and I hit yeah. you, like I could understand how that would happen is what I'm saying. A thousand percent. Like he made it clear that he wanted her to leave. There was no debating it. Like he got hit with the fork. He wanted her to go home. And then like, if, if it was reversed, if like he had thrown a fork at her and then it escalated where he was like shoving her and having to be held back and punching the wall and shit, it would have been a whole different thing. Like she was physically fighting to which is like defeats the whole point of, you know and I don't totally love the like what if the situation's reversed what if the situation's reversed because it is always different like Bryn like I said is pocket sized she probably weighs 112 pounds she's like 5'1 Steven is probably six foot you know what I mean he's in shape like it would obviously be different and I think actually Steven's argument of like you escalated to this point so it could get really dangerous is like the much better argument for sure because like he's right like she escalated to a point that and and it's not a normal situation where it's like everybody can just walk away they're like in this pressure cooker in this tiny little space and like he was saying like she's got to go she's got to go before she came back in and pushed him yeah like he was basically telling mtv i want her out and like to add to your point the fact that she is really small and pocket size and like wouldn't actually hurt him is the reason she thought she could do it and get away with it. Yeah. Which is the reason I would have sent her home. Cause she, and no, well, she literally says after, before the pushing, after the fork thing, she says to, um, I think it's Arissa that she's talking to. She says to Arissa, she's like, what, he's scared of me. What am I going to do to him? Yeah, exactly. Like and and she literally says it out loud. And little. It's like, girl. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You know, Brynn is that type of person who's always walking around. She's like, I'm so little. I'm tiny. I can so fit in this little nook. <laughs> yeah. She's like, always. I actually used to do that when I was like in like middle school because I was always very short. And I'd be like, like, it's just something that you do. But you're right. She'd be like, I can fit in this suitcase. Like, that type Pick of thing. Pick me up. Yeah. Me up. <laughs> um, so they called the producer Tracy on like the bat phone. And Tracy's mm-hmm. like, well, I won't make that decision. It's going to have to be for your roommates to decide. I'm like, what the fuck is that? That's what I mean by, like, this is, I think, when MTV made a decision to, like, become a little more, not hands-off, but more loose in the rules and, like, let the roommates, like, ramp up the drama between them even more. hmm I agree. Because this wasn't a production step in, like, do whatever, like, no, she violated a rule and she must go. It was like, okay, well, we're going to let physical fighting go on. Like, if you guys say it's okay, because then they know, like, if anybody sticks up for Bryn, it's going to be against, you know what I mean? Like, they, oh, yeah. Like, they realize, like, this, ch- the dynamics change totally. Mm-hmm. Like, we have the cards in our hand now. Yeah. So they sit down for a house meeting, and Steven was like, if I pulled back and hit her, I would be ruined for my entire life. I would be. Um, like the guy that hit a woman on TV, which like I don't disagree with. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because Steven from Real Well, also remember Real World Seattle had already happened where Steven hit Irene. Mm-hmm. And he was no that known as the guy that slapped a girl. Yeah. And oh god. Ugh. And he like went out of his way to slap her too. Ugh. Quite frankly, Steven, I think you're a homosexual. 
that hit a little too hard for me when I was younger. I was like, I feel too seen by this. You're like, am I a homosexual? <laughs> like, I, th- I was like, I think I'm Steven, especially because I was like so hormonal. I was like, uh, so crazy. I was like fighting with my mom. I was like, I'm him. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> I am him and he is me. (laughs) Um, So Alton like is the first to talk and he says, you know, I think this situation can be worked out and it won't be repeated. But Frank and Alton both agree like this is Steven's choice. Arissa says, uh, everything is valid. She's like, look, everything you said is valid. I totally understand what you're saying, but you need to sleep on it. And I thought she, I think it's good that she was the first one that like, said like just calm down for a minute like this decision doesn't need to be made tonight and I think that was right and I mean I think it's obviously Bryn stays because of like him not making a drastic decision I think so much of the reason that this season was good was because of her yeah she's amazing she's so she was so wise beyond her years probably because she was like homeless and had gone through so much that these people had experienced like the way that she would um I think she knew about life and about being a real person and like yeah. knew, had the understanding that they were like in this pressure, pressure cooker situation that was like very weird and bizarre and to like, you need to pull back from this. Mm-hmm. And like, she had an understanding that they were also lucky to be there. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah, I think that's right. Um, Steven is worried about the liability, which I also think is like a weird word to use. Yeah. Like, I don't, I think it's because Steven really wanted to be, like, a famous actor, you know, like, I think Steven really, yeah. like, wanted to be famous, like, he, he worked at that gay bar, maybe hoping to, like, meet somebody who could help him, and then he comes on Real World Las sure. Vegas, and I think Steven, without saying it, is, like, I want a career from this, mm-hmm. and if I hit Bryn, I don't want this on TV, if I hit Bryn, I don't have a career from this. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, he's right. Like, that's not incorrect. I just think that, like, because he's not saying that, it comes across kind of a weird, you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. a, it's like, it would have been actually better if he said, like, I want to be famous after this. Yeah, like, this is going to ruin my chances of being, like, a model or whatever. Yeah. I will say Arulian seems to be the first one that is kind of, like, she says, Stephen, I think you're being overly cautious. Well, but we also know that Arulian, like, gets violent with people. So, yeah, like, I mean, she shattered a pool stick on his back at one point. Yeah, so. they, yeah they get into, like, that huge fight, Stephen and Arulian later, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they had to, like, go to that, mm-hmm. like, I, when I was clicking through reading the description, it was like, Stephen and Arulian get into such a big f- fight that they have to go to group therapy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like 19 years old, like fucking trying to stab each other. I think though that Rulian is, you know, like she doesn't think hitting guys is like serious. So she's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. She's like, and that was like a thing at this time, right? Uh, I mean, are you following Teen Mom? Like, it's still a thing. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I guess that's where people are like, Andrew deserved it. Like, he, like, he's tall and Amber's not. So, yeah, like, but, like, um, at this time on TV, even, it was, like, very, very, like, debated whether or not it was, like, people would literally debate, like, well, it's different for, like, a girl can beat up a guy. Yeah. Like, even her, like, she's the girl that would beat the shit out of well, a guy I think and be that's like, but I'm why, little. That's why we, like, think about this episode, this episode sticks out so distinctly in our head, 
because of that because we're like she threw a fork at him who cares you know what i mean like, exactly yeah like and i think that's where william was where she was like who cares like yeah <laughs> it's like i hit guys like what am i gonna get in trouble because i had to hit one of these idiots <laughs> <laughs> you know like i've already beat the shit out of alton several times so yeah Brynn is like can can i speak <laughs> i know it's like my turn now I've been trying to talk to you all the time. You won't talk to me. And goes, Bryn goes, I can't speak until I'm ready. And Bryn is like, uh, she's like, you know, you know why I, you know why I deal with things this way? It's because I like you. Okay. I like you. And she really thought this I was going to work. just say it. She really thought she this was going to work. She was ready. And she was planning her outfit for that night to go out already. Steven goes... Bren, this is an elementary school. <laughs> and he goes, by the way, I already knew that you liked me. I was waiting yeah. for you to say it. And Bren is like, he goes, you know, this would ruin my life if I hit you. Like, he keeps saying that. And Bren is like, yeah, and now you ruined my life. And he goes, you ruined your life. Yeah. And then there's like this moment where he's like, yeah. no, you need to say that you ruined your own life. And everyone's like, like, I want to hear you stop. Say She's it. already dead. Like, <laughs> She, what's her name? Goes, please don't like humiliate her. She goes, don't degrade her. <laughs> don't make her like, degrade okay. herself. <laughs> Everyone literally He's is like, like even Trish, say the words. Even Trishel's like, Stephen, stop, stop. <laughs> oh, oh, I will say though, when they went around in the circle, I actually, Trishel was one of the few who was like, Stephen shouldn't have said what he said, but because he was the one that was yeah. hit, it's his choice. Like, she was actually one of the few that was like, Stephen actually went too far. Yep. Um, but like Stephen was like, say it. And everyone was like, like truly that meme, like the stop, stop. They're already dead. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like everyone was like, no, no. <laughs> he got so power crazy. He was like leaning his whole body off the couch. Yeah. So then they like go to their separate places. There's a shot of the fork just laying on the ground. <laughs> she calls her mom and she's like, mom. I'm coming home tomorrow. <laughs> and her mom's like, what? And she's like, I threw a fork at someone. And her mom's like, what? <laughs> and she goes, mom, this is like my life. <laughs> you can tell her mom, like, this is like when I used to call my mom, like, in my fits. And she'd be like, huh? <laughs> like, what yeah, exactly. It's like 3 a.m. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so then Bren is sitting on her bed and she goes, I thought this was my chance to do something besides get pregnant and have kids, but I guess it's what I'll go do. And Aurelian goes, what? Yeah. She goes, I guess I'll just go home now and have a baby. She's like, you don't have to do that. Like, you can tell this girl from New York is like, what is this small town bitch talking about? And she's, like, grasping at any sympathy straw that comes to her mind. It's like, I'm gonna go get pregnant young. It's like, what? Really, what? <laughs> the fuck are you talking about, girl? So, I will say, you're right. Arissa is, like, she really is very wise, because she's the one that, like, gets Steven to, like, agree to talk to Bryn. And yeah. she's the one that is, like, you are making too rash of a decision. Like, you need to talk to her. And really convinces him to do it. Um, 
So Bren and Steven like sit down and the rest of the roommates are literally watching on this little like monitor <laughs> that like lets them see what's out in the hallway. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Bren is like, I already know I'm going home. She says what happens out of jealousy. And then, oh, I can really relate to Bren with this when like you get to this level of manipulation where you're like, Mm-hmm. I just oh. don't want to be like my parents and my dad was oh, really yeah. abusive mm-hmm. and my mom went to rehab that was like my go-to you know what I mm-hmm. mean like like of shit's course. like spinning out of control and you're like um well as yeah. a child <laughs> yeah like my mom had me so young so like that's <laughs> why I hit him <laughs> she, and you know what it fucking works every time it works every time and it's why I don't let myself do it because it's not it's not good. It's like really no. manipulative and gross. And, but Bren is, I mean, she like got right to Steven's heart and he's like, you know, I've been through five marriages and my mom getting hit. And I was like, at first I thought he meant like he had five marriages. And I was like, what? Me too. I did too. I was like, And then uh, I was like, oh, his me? mom was probably married five times. And he, yeah. she was so smart because she played right into, um, like him she must have had heard him talking about this before because mm-hmm. he right away was like you were me you were yep. me four years ago now yeah. now i'm gonna let you he literally says i'm not forgiving bren i'm forgiving old steven it's me i'm letting myself stay okay whatever you need right. to tell yourself that is master fucking manipulation that's honestly one for the books that she got steven to like convince himself that he was helping himself <laughs> yeah that's she iconic. literally said she literally said like didn't you ever have any she goes didn't you ever have anybody who like gave you a second chance and didn't give up on you yeah he's like yeah and she goes don't you want to be like that for me i was like oh my god but by the way life. this is this is the only, this is the kind of manipulation that only works between these two kinds of people, a yeah. girl and a straight guy. Another yeah. girl or like a gay guy talking to her would have been like, girl, pack your shit. <laughs> I do not feel yeah. bad. Like you can look at her and see her wheels turning. I mean, you can I literally see her trying to come up with ways. So Stephen was coming into the house, getting a divorce. He might've been the first divorced person to be on this show, but <laughs> probably, um, I'm sure he had been like, you know, I was really wild and crazy and I had a tough life. And then I met my wife and she like changed everything. And I thought we would be together forever. And I changed myself for her, but it just didn't work out. Like, I'm sure that came up in the first four days that they were there. And Brenda heard that and knew that. Yeah. Which is why she went right for that. And it fucking worked. And Brenda gets to stay. She had those wild eyes that you get when you're just like grasping at anything you can. Like I'm trying to manipulate you even with like my face. Like yeah. she was like pulling every single stop and it worked and it was amazing. And when they hugged, everybody was like cheering. She was like, she got him. She yeah. got him. <laughs> Very Barack Obama with Osama bin Laden. Yes. Oh, we got him. <laughs> you know, she like, she's like, I'm going to go to bed. And she like came back in and was like, I'm going to go to bed and just like walk back to her bed. And was like, oh, thank God. Thank fucking God. <laughs> Immediately started changing into her outfit for the Palm Casino nightclub. She's like, hey, are we still going out? She's like, I have a go-go shift. <laughs> hey guys, are we still going out? <laughs> Steven, buying you a shot. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Hey, that. 
<laughs> I'm surprised Thank she didn't end it with like, we're family, Steven. We're family. <laughs> I was trying to remember, because it wasn't that long ago that I watched this, if they ended up um, having sex after no, I don't... a threesome, or was it over? They don't, because then the rest of the season is like Steven and Trishel being on and off, and they would like fuck without the condom all the time, and then she would have to take a pregnancy test, and then yeah, and then remember, it, he's like, "I'll be the dad," and then she's like, "Steven yep. and I are in love, and we'll be together forever." And then the next episode, he's like, "I don't want to be with you anymore." Yeah, because she's a slut. <laughs> and then he would like stop. He would like go on dates, and then he'd fuck Trishel, <laughs> and then it was so bad. And then I remember she like meets another guy. It was so bad. Poor Trishel. Trishel is like the definition of the pretty girl who like, but has no self confidence or self esteem, and like nope. probably should have just stayed in her small town in Louisiana and married the most handsome guy there, and like had a shitty husband there instead yeah. of just getting like dragged around shitty men like on TV yeah for sure also like such a wide-eyed girl that would end up in hollywood yeah you know yeah so the whole season i think bren is like really removed from the situation okay i think i found her so her blog her instagram she has almost eighteen thousand followers she is nola living world traveler sometimes poker playing she has an airbnb link and i wonder if this is like an affiliate Social distancing and luxury. Oh, she has a house on Airbnb. Okay. Oh, fine. In okay. Florida. Okay. You shouldn't be running. Oh my God. The description. The single family home on a cul-de-sac of 20 homes is the perfect place to self-isolate during the COVID-19 threat and even a home school. No. <laughs> oh my God. You should not be going to Florida, Trishel. So yeah, she lives in New Orleans. She, I mean, she looks good. Her face is, like, not totally crazy. <laughs> Four years ago today, John and I went on our first public outing as a couple. That's a weird thing to say. Wow, ew. Because you're not that. really famous. <laughs> yeah. But that's, like, also, I love that. People who think that they're, like, that they're famous because they're, like, they have their foot in the door of the society of their town. Yeah. Yeah. She posts, actually, a lot on Instagram. I don't know. Like, she's pretty, this life is obviously, ooh, she's a lot of face tune. This life is obviously, like, meant for her a lot more than, mm-hmm. than like, whatever. Oh, the house is nice. It's on Airbnb. She posted it here. This life is obviously meant for her more than, like, being on The Surreal Life. Yeah, she found her sweet spot. Yeah, like, being kind of public, but that's so funny. I actually have a, I just opened up my main page, and Melissa posted one of her dad's shorty, like, talking with a mask on. <laughs> I'll have to watch that. Oh, my that. God. Um, I, so, yeah. Real World is just, like, it's so iconic. This episode is so good. My main takeaways were, like, how much information, like, how much happened in this episode, how fast it moved. Also, like, how nice it was that, like, the story started and also it was resolved. Yeah, like... Drama didn't necessarily get the same... There was no panty gate or doggy gate of, like, a boring fight that gets dragged through, like, so many episodes. Yeah, because they weren't desperate to cling on to, you know, some dumb shit that they were like, okay, well, this will be a thing this year. They were just living. Yeah. Which is yeah. the greatest thing about old reality shows is that they stood with each other. And even the episodes where there wasn't, I don't know when it happened. I, I, I don't feel like I can say when it definitively happened that drama 
became the driving force of reality TV, but it used to just be like you existing was the show. Yeah, I think you're right. They weren't like, oh God, we have nothing. We have nothing for this season. We better ramp some stuff up. Yeah, there's always something. I'm going to the fucking store with something and it was really riveting. Yeah, so true. Any final thoughts, Troy? Um, My final thoughts is that if you are a younger person who maybe hasn't like explored a lot of these old seasons of the real world or you think that it's like not worth um, watching, it is. It's If you like reality TV and you haven't watched these in a long time or have never seen most of them, it's it's important. It's imperative. Like you have to it's get on the eBay, buy a VHS box set because that's probably all that exists of these episodes. Right. Watch them. No, I agree. It's so important culturally and it's really... Um, you know, as a pop culture reality TV archaeologist and conservationist, it is alarming to me that we are losing such important works of art to music rights, probably, is why they can't be on streaming. And MTV should really operate better and figure it out. Yeah, if you can get your hands on any of them, honestly, it's like, it's really, it's so worth it. Especially like for people who are really involved in reality TV, like, you know, like Vanderpump Rules and Housewives and stuff. It's like going back and seeing where a lot of this stuff, these tropes and storylines that you see that are beat to death nowadays, like kind of where they originated is just so fascinating. Yeah, agreed. Okay, do you want to plug your podcast? Yeah, my podcast is called Dunzo. It's spelled D-U-N-Z-O, exclamation point. Whoop, whoop. New podcast name, baby. Yeah. Formerly called The Smush Room. Formerly called The Smush Room. Um, if you, I tested it, and if you Google The Smush Room, like, it does come up still. Yeah, like, Dunzo will pop up, so. Um, yeah, I mean, it's on all platforms, and you should listen. You absolutely should. Thank you so much, Troy, for talking to me for 14 hours about a 20-minute episode of television. (laughs) You can count on me for that. (laughs) Okay. Bye, Troy. Thank you so much. Bye. Love you. Love you. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.